and welcome to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 Wave 94. Once again, I just want to say that 2020 is going to be a great year. Right now, we're in the valley with the coronavirus and the other virus of racism that is, um, that is being addressed by our nation. It, this awareness is going to make a difference. Many leaders are saying that this is different from what we've seen in the 60s and what we've seen in earlier demonstrations or later demonstrations. And I believe that the Father is on the move. Daddy God, you hey, bye, hey. Lord God, Christ Jesus. Lord God, Holy Spirit. No, God did not give us the spirit of racism. He is anti. He is, has nothing to do with that sin. And he definitely did not give us the coronavirus. But I tell you what, our Father in heaven knows how to maximize any situation for his glory and for the people that he loves, which is his creation, mankind. So I'm excited that there's going to be signs and wonders and miracles this year and that we are going to have some major breakthroughs in our nation, in the world. I want to continue my um, broadcast that I had mentioned earlier that the Lord Father, Daddy God, you have Lord God, Christ Jesus, and Lord God, Holy Spirit has had asked me to produce the book, How to Divorce Proof Your Marriage. And as a prelude to obeying my Lord, I decided to dedicate time in Into the Glory Zone to address some of the Issues that we find in marriage and share the golden nuggets, the, 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 the bits of wisdom, um, the insight, the understanding, the knowledge um, that the Lord had given me, especially after I made it, did not make it after almost 30 years of marriage and found myself in a divorce court and divorced and God really started downloading all these awesome, valuable things that if I had known earlier, I would have never been divorced. And so I wanted to give this as a gift to to uh, mankind, to this this listening audience, and so that no one could, has to suffer and go through the horrendous um, thing of divorce. And it is not a good thing. And many of us um, didn't think that we were going to end up there. But we need to understand some fundamental things. And as I said in my earlier broadcast to recap just very quickly and then delve into a little bit deeper on some topics is that no one tells anyone when they get married once they put the ring on the fingers and they are committed to be husband and wife that they have an enemy a very very stealth stealth in it he's very stealth and he is Brilliant, very, very smart. And he uses everything in his arsenal 
to try to destroy mankind, to steal the word of God from mankind, to kill the dreams of mankind, and to destroy the identity of mankind, which is in Christ Jesus. And he loathes mankind with a passion, and he hates marriage even more because a man and a woman in unity with Christ Jesus represents God. It is actually an image, a depiction of God, the Trinity that is in heaven. So most of us, and I know I didn't know that there was a target on my back <laughs> once I got married and I studied it and pondered it and God, you know, taught me a lot of things um, to make sure that if I ever marry again, I will never, ever have a second divorce. And so it is it is something that I that I've been I was asked to do by the father, asked to do by the son, asked to do by the Holy Spirit. And I shall um, obey. And the other important thing that I shared um, in the last broadcast is to make sure that God is Jesus is in the center of your marriage, that you have God's approval, that you are dating your spouse, your future spouse representative. That is not the real person that you're marrying. You're dating the representative, which is the best, the best that individual is. Now, like I said, that's when the individual's... Um, Talk the most, share the most, they dress the best, smell good, everything is good, and you just fall in what? Love with the what? Representative. And the other um, interesting thing that God had um, shared and I shared in the following um, broadcast was that you need to not have sex prior to marriage and if you are having sex to not have sex and that your coupling should first begin spiritual because we are a tri-part being we have a spirit we have a soul and we have a body and we should couple on the spirit realm first then secondly we couple on the soul level which is the mind the will and the emotions our mind should become unified the unified mind of Christ our will should become unified with the will of the father the will of the son and the will of the holy spirit our will should be one with the father the son and the holy spirit and therefore if our will are one then we're going to have a a solid marriage and then the emotional realm which is a, the realm one of the realms that the enemy attacks immensely has to be bathed in the blood of Jesus has to be consecrated because emo you, you don't ever want to make decisions from the emotional realm because emotional emotions don't last and I'm going to get a little bit more into that as we continue this broadcast and we get attacked, bombarded continuously in our mind. The mind is the linchpin. The mind is the linchpin of, of the whole entity, the whole human entity. And it, it will basically decide what the body will do in this physical realm. And of course, the emotional realm is the 
fuel is the rocket fuel. It's the it's the fuse, really. Um, in some cases, that lights the dynamite of faith, and I will get into that as well. So now, and then, of course. I talked about conflict and I talked about you will have it, but you need to make sure that it is a healthy conflict done in a healthy, godly way and hopefully ends with supernatural sex. And I will talk about that as well a little bit more, hopefully today. So we understand now that we have an enemy. We understand that Christ needs to be in the center of our marriage, that we need to um, have God's approval on the spouse that we decide to marry because God knows what that individual or how that individual is going to be a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now, right? And also you want to couple from the spirit realm from the, on first and then the soul realm and then last but not least on your wedding night the physical realm and then you'll have super natural explosive wonderful sex right and so I want to basically talk a little bit more about what should happen in the very beginning um, the precursors and I know some of you are, are thinking about getting married or or you're engaged or you're in somewhere and then I'm gonna also eventually get to okay we are married what do we do now so okay so one of the things that the Lord showed me as far as the precursor is that there, there, God's going to always give you a sign. He's going to give you warnings if this individual is not the right person for you to connect yourself to for the rest of your life. And unfortunately, the practice, most people, unfortunately, have sex prior to marriage with their spouse, their future spouse. And that can kind of cloud and and kind of make things unclear when God gives you the warning that this individual is not the one that he or she um, that the, the he or she is not the one that they have ordained for you to be married to right so so first of all all relationships should start off as friendships we we need to be friends we need to um, share the um, common ideals. Um, um, we need to believe pretty much in the same things, especially on the spiritual level. I'm not saying that we are um, in total agreement because that's what makes marriage exciting is you have some inconsistency, some incongruencies as far as um thoughts and things like that but on the whole you should be friends you should like one another you should um, want to be with that individual and not just for sexual reasons that you truly enjoy um, fellowshipping with that individual and so that's the very first thing um, you should um no, you should have a relationship with an individual if you're considering marrying them. Well, you've seen them in many of the seasons in their lives, right? So, 
you um, have seasons where you're where you're on a you're at the mountaintop and and it's very exciting and everything is going well and it's good to have to be in a relationship with someone where you you share that experience okay but you also need to be with that individual when they're in a valley and valleys are very important because in marriage they're going to be hills and they're going to be valleys and so when I say seasons you need to experience this individual as a friend um, through the seasons of life and is that going to totally um, protect you or give you the knowledge of the future or how they're going to react in highs and in lows in their lives? Not, not totally, but it's a, a very good indicator. And so a lot of people, they um, marry people and they don't have not experienced the highs and the lows of these individual lives and... And the other thing, um, and this is the tough one because you're trying to get someone to like you and because you like them. And so it's the transparency, but it, it always pays to be real, to be who you are for real instead of people marrying an image and, um, being totally surprised. There, you know, I, I've um, God gave me some insights on some very famous people who got married, and and many of in the cases of a lot of these famous people. Um, for example, in the case of Cary Grant, you know, Cary Grant was married uh, a few times, and people were were marrying the image that they saw. A lot of his his first wives married the image that they saw on. On the movie screen, and uh, Cary Grant basically he was really in a lot of ways very down to earth, and he you know was one of his um, wives was um, was the Woolworth's daughter, and she basically married the image of Cary Grant, and of course that was the demise of his marriage, and so a lot of people marry the projection and that's not that individual Cary Grant basically um, was um, kind of like a circus performer he did acrobatics and things like that he um, came um, from a, um, a part of England that was very you know um, not on the high profile but you know more country and in that regard and um but Hollywood took the, his gorgeous looks and, you know, and created this persona called Cary Grant. And that was not the man that people married, you know. And um, the, another person would be um, Clark Gable. Clark Gable, um, you know, basically a lot of people don't realize that Clark Gable, in order to get the looks that he had, he had all his teeth pulled out and he had false teeth because he he wanted to have this this look, you know, and so there are certain things that you need to 
investigate. And it's also very important that you learn about their family and their mother and their father because a lot of spiritual um, iniquities um, and spiritual iniquities are certain vents uh, towards certain sins such as alcoholism, um, uh, adultery, um, and all sorts of things out there. So you have to examine and know something about the family and the the particular bent of these individual family not that these people would be an alcoholic not that these people would be an adulterer but it is important to know what is the bit what are the issues that the family line um has to address i it makes me think of the kennedys you know um that that it is very evident that there is something in their family line because they've lost many of their um, young sons of the Kennedy clan, um, starting off with um, Joseph Kennedy, which was um, John F. Kennedy's older brother, if you don't know that. And then, of course, John F. Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, um, and then, of course, um, Onassis' son. I mean, so... The um, Ted Kennedy almost um, drowned in a in a car accident. So it is um, it is something that you need to be aware of, and and you need to take that into consideration. One I mentioned in my own particular case when I was uh, I made an observation. Um, with my former husband and I kind of picked it up just before we got married but we were so far along um, in the process that I kind of just ignored it but I did say something which I think basically saved my life and because now as I look back on it um, we have something called the power of words and like I said to you earlier it is very important that you never say the word divorce and if you have said the word of divorce or you say I want a divorce and all this kind of and you don't really mean it you need to cancel those words I'm going to get a little bit into the power of words there the power of words there are life and death is in the power of the words and I had noticed that, like I said, in the case of my uh, former husband, that many of the first wives either died or were divorced. And I remember distinctly telling Warren, I said, in my family, the men die, not the women. So I'm not going to die. You know, now I should have said, I should have also said that I'm not going to get a divorce. But I was really pinpointing that I said, I'm not going to die. And I think that that was very critical. And I made that declaration in the very beginning of our marriage. I saw that and I I spoke in the atmosphere. I decreed and I declared in the atmosphere that I was not going to be one of the wives that died. And so, unfortunately, I, I've, I've had a, a long, wonderful life. 
However, I did not decree and declare I would not have a divorce. And that's what I should have said as well. But let's move on. And I'll teach you guys a little bit later about the importance of words. So we how do you divorce proof your marriage do you divorce proof your marriage i know that we have the counseling sessions um and i we went through because i was raised roman catholic so we went to the catholic priest and the catholic priest said that we should not get married i'm just gonna let you know so but it um a lot of people go to pre-counseling, but that's really not a lot. Now that I look back on it, um, I, I see programs like Jimmy Evans' um, program for marriages. There are some really strong, biblically-based um, counseling because the two, the two major things that hit marriages hard and and that are not addressed properly, I don't think, in the counseling session, is sex and money. And, and sex and money are the deal breakers in many marriages. I want to um, there talk about, let's talk about money first a little bit. So p- people come from different backgrounds on how to handle money. But normally in the marriage, and this is the norm, there's always one person that's a spender and there's another person that's a saver. And I came, my family was the spenders. My my former husband's family were the savers. And matter of fact, my former husband, twice, we were totally debt free and um, and of course ended up back in debt um, when I got my doctorate I had a lot of debt because getting your doctorate there's not a lot of um, grants and resources for free money when you get to the doctoral level so I had quite a bit of debt I had debt also when I graduated from the University of Miami however I got a job and when I went straight to Stanford and got my master's in geophysics, I got a great job with mobile oil as a geophysicist and I was able to pay off all my debts for college in two years. And then I went back to get my MBA and from the University of Texas in Austin. My former husband also went back to school. He got his, um, He we both graduated from the University of Miami, um, Coral Gables, Florida. We were both in the marine science program. I was marine geology. He was marine mechanical engineering. Um, we both acquired debt, but we weren't married then. And then, um, then of course, I went on to Stanford. He went on to work for Stone and Webster in Boston um, as a nuclear engineer. And when we were engaged, that's where he was. And then, we got married and I was working as a geophysicist at Mobile Oil and he went back to school and got his master's in um, chemical and environmental engineering. And so the, the first years of our marriage, you know, 
we were able to buy a house with my salary and do a lot of things. So it was a good relationship, you know, financially sound because, you know, I was working in the oil industry making very good money. However, um, as we grew together on this, we had different um, perspectives on money. One of the things, like I said, now dating the representative versus dating the real person. So as I was dating my former husband, of course, you know, when you're whining and dining, you know, he took me, my former husband took me to the Bahamas. He bought me um, diamond earrings, which I had never had diamond earrings before. And um, he was extremely um, suave and debonair. You know, we went out and to nice restaurants. He's the one that introduced me to crepes and um, the magic pan. And he introduced me to Chinese food and things like that. So I, I learned a lot under my former husband. And like I said, he was, you know, had wonderful dates and, you know, he, I mean, he didn't lavish a lot of money on me, but, you know, diamond earrings are not cheap. And going to the Bahamas, that's not cheap. So, and this is why we were in college and undergraduate. So, I didn't even have a car. He had a car. So, you know, we had a, so now, fast forward, now we're married. And found out that my former husband is extremely frugal. That's why he was able to able to buy diamond earring or were able to go on these trips and he was extremely wise. He would actually um look at what was happening in the world. For example, there was a major hurricane that went through Cancun and he immediately when the price the prices dropped for airline tickets and hotels, he booked us a trip to Cancun. Right after that, we went also to Istanbul, Turkey. We went to visit my mother and um, she, my mother at that time was a teacher, an educator for the Department of Defense and she was science math teacher. And my mother lived in uh, Mannheim, Germany at that time. And there was a major earthquake in Istanbul, Turkey. Well, of course, airlines dropped. Hotels drop because who wants to go somewhere where there's a major earthquake? My former husband, very frugal, very shrewd, very smart, got us tickets. We went to Istanbul, Turkey. Um, Joshua, our son, was not even a year old yet, but we had our son, and uh, which we adopted. And I had gone to Germany to, you know, have my mother help me with the baby in the first three months I took um, a leave of uh, FMLA I took a leave of absence from my job at, at Harley Davidson where I was the head of training there and at their secret plant in Kansas City Missouri and so um, so it was just wonderful but I saw the other side of how he had this money. He was extremely frugal. We went to movie theaters. We didn't buy popcorn. We didn't get a soda. Um, you know, it it was it was very very different. And you know, and it was a you know it it was took some adjusting. And now I'm kind of in the middle. You know, I'm not I'm not a 
big spender like I was when before I got married, and I've learned the value of of a deal, and I've learned one of the Davis rules is it's not a not about how much how much money you make, it's about how much money you keep. So, so yes, yeah, so the money issue is very very critical, and for women in particular, money is can be equated with security and the fact that your husband spends money on you I don't think I, I I didn't have a problem a shopping addiction or a shopping problem that that was not my issue but I did have a lot of family members in my life who did not handle their finances well um, they weren't tithers um, they had a lot of issues and in some cases I became like the ATM the bank to many of my family members which means that money was not going into investments that money was not being saved um, and things like that so God had to really deal with me in the area of money and that can be a point of contention in a marriage the other um, issue that hits marriages hard is sex. And of course, um, sex is men have a different perspective about sex versus women. And that is where the word of God says that men should should get should live with their wives, with understanding that you should seek to understand your wife and one of the things that happens which men don't seem to understand is that one comment said earlier that day or not being sensitive or saying to your wife are you gaining a little weight <laughs> you know, um, that can impact the bedroom in the evening. So that's why the Lord said that you need to live with your wife in understanding. And then so on. So from the from the man's perspective, he thinks everything's OK. All I said was you, you gain a little weight, but I still love you. Let's have some sex. Well, in the case of the woman, She's not receptive because she is there. Unfortunately, our society has uh, built a lot of shame based um, things in our society concerning women's bodies and men's body as well. And so because of the shame based nature that many of us have, that can impact the sexual sexuality and the sex um, in the marriage. Now, on the in the case for the women, you a lot of women don't seem to understand that men need sex in order to emotionally open up to their wives. And one of the things that I want to get into more detail later is I want to talk about the relationship between money and sex, and that is why um, prostitution. Is such a powerful, powerful um, um, thing that's still in our society today because of the correlation between sex and money. Both of these two 
two particular things are very critical and one of the main reasons why most marriages are not divorce proof. And that's why the word of God states very clearly, when you get married, the man's body is no longer his body, but belongs to his wife. And the wife's body belongs to the husband. And that there's nothing that should defile the marriage bed, right? So we'll get more into that in a little bit later. And I definitely want to talk about supernatural sex as well. Um, but stay tuned. Remember, we're going to try to divorce-proof your marriage, and we're going to talk about the things that you never really hear in the church, but should be spoken about in the church. And we're going to make sure that when you say I do, it's to the right person, and that you're equipped to fight the enemy. Because above all, the Father loves us, and He is the creator of marriage, and He is the creator of sex. That's right. God created sex. So we're going to talk a little bit about supernatural sex, and which you can only have when you're married, right? So let's um, close this broadcast out, and I want to, once again, close out with Romans 10, 9. If you profess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died, was buried, was rose from the dead, <laughs> and you accept him as your Lord and Savior, you are saved. Thank you for once again joining me on Enter the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM Wave 94. Into the Glory Zone with Dr. Edith Davis.